welcome to the Artist Appeals. This is Erin Sparler and I'm your host. In the Artist Appeals, we interview artists, crafters, photographers, and business professionals about the business of art. I hope you'll join us and enjoy the show. Are you a creative individual? Do you like to make stuff? Perhaps you're a painter, a sculptor, a photographer, a designer, or just plain old like to make stuff. Well, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Artist Appeals. I'm your host, Erin Sparler, and in this podcast, we explore the business of art. We interview lots of different professionals who've had long and interesting careers in the arts, from publishers of art magazines to vice presidents of large companies that license artwork to successful artists that have multiple books that are international bestsellers. We have so much to share with you guys. Advice, tips, tricks, inspirational quotes. So after the episode, please go out and go to theartistappeals.com to get your free downloadable resources. All right, so let's talk about presentation today. Presentation is undoubtedly one of the most important aspects about being an artist. It seems like it's the least, but it's not. You know, there's this story of Van Gogh and one of his paintings being found in a chicken shed, (laughs) being propped up and used to block a window or a hole in the chicken shed. And, you know, they were able to restore it. But most artwork isn't going to be able to be restored if it's in a chicken shed with lots of chicken poop. I guess that's one of the advantages of the higher priced mediums like oil painting or sculpture. So you want to treat your artwork with the care it deserves to preserve it. And that care evidences itself, shows itself to the consumer, and it creates what's called perceived value. So Perceived value is this kind of psychological concept where like, you know, if you're wearing a Rolex, it's not that much different. The watch itself is not that much different than, say, a Swatch or any other watch, an iPhone, but it's a lot more money because of perceived value. The way they marketed it, the way they present it creates this perceived value of a timepiece that is timeless and quality craftsmanship from Sweden or or um, wherever they make those watches nowadays. So you need to show the same care for your artwork in your presentation. So the presentation of the artwork helps increase the value of the artwork. Now, how do you do this? How do you present your artwork in the best light? Well, literally, light it well is one of the first ways So one of the first places that we show our artwork nowadays is online and social media. I'm actually about to just present a um, speaking. I'm speaking at Art Biz Jam in Philadelphia next week, and I've been working on a presentation about photographing your artwork. And you can actually get the handout that I'm going to give to the participants at Art Biz Jam about this presentation on the website, The Artist Appeals. It's a freebie. You can download it. And it's literally a whole bunch of tips and tricks for photographing your artwork. Even if you don't have a big DSLR or 
expensive lighting equipment. I give you lots and tips and tricks of how to get a great photograph of your artwork. I give you the good, the bad, and the ugly. So professional setups that can range from anywhere from $100 to $1,000 or more. I give you good setups, bad setups. <laughs> so good setups, professional, cost a lot of money. One of the negatives of professional rigs and lighting setups is they take a lot of space, but they do give beautiful results. So if you want to create reproduction of your artwork, if you want to have prints made or have your artwork turned into larger canvases, you need to get the best, the sharpest, the most well-lit, evenly lit. You want diffuse lighting. It needs to be even, diffuse, no glares, no shiny parts, no hot spots, no black holes that you can fall into. So you want a full range of values. You want the best lit, sharpest, and no perspective. You don't want your artwork to, you know, fall off in one direction, one top side looking shorter than the other side. And you can get that with professional quality equipment. So that is the advantage, but it takes up a lot of space and it costs a lot of money. So that's the good. The bad is just using a tripod and propping your work up against the wall. Why do I say it's bad? It'll work. But Propping your work up against the wall will create a keystoning effect or perspective where, you know, one, the top might look a little bit smaller because it's tilted up against the wall. And then you got to deal with trying to get your camera straight on. Your camera should be placed directly in the middle of the piece. So the lens should point at the middle of your artwork. All right. And then you've got to adjust your tripod. And what I've found is I've got a ton of different tripods tons. And then take your picture. Now, let's talk about holding that phone still. Because the other thing you've got to do to get great pictures is to have a really, really sharp image. How do you get a sharp image? You got to be as still as humanly possible. And that means holding your phone really solidly. One of the ways you can do this is with one of those pop locks on the back of your phone. Or they have these cool little ring, ring holders. I've got a little tip, and I'm going to put a picture on the website. You can go to theartistappeals.com, and you can see how I've set up my phone. I've got two of the ring holders. They sell them in packs of two on Amazon for like, I don't know, 10 or $15, maybe less, like seven. I think I got two of these ring holders for $7. They rotate 360 degrees. Once they're attached to your phone, they will spin. And then they've got a little hoop that flips open and it can flip open to 180 degrees. Now, most people put their pop lock or their ring holder right smack dab in the center on the back of their phone. That works. But if you happen to have a big phone like I do, I think I mentioned I've got the iPhone 7 Plus and I did that because I wanted the best camera. That was when they... um started making the cameras, the 13 megapixels, anything after that, and you've got a pretty decent camera. So instead of putting it right in the center, because I have really small hands, because when you have it right in the center, your thumb won't come around the front of the camera to take the picture. So what you do is you take your pop lock or your ring holder and you put it in the bottom right-hand corner on the back of your phone. Yeah, I know it looks a little funny, 
It's a little awkward looking. It's not symmetrical. It's not real aesthetically pleasing, but it works because now you can hold the phone and put your fingers through the pop lock or the ring holder and your thumb will reach the on button as well as the take a photo picture. So you want to use two hands and this pop lock or ring lock to hold your phone super, super still. Now, the other thing you can do is you can put two of them, one on the bottom right and one on the bottom left, and you can use them as a tripod. You can now set up your phone to either shoot horizontally in either direction or vertically. And that means you can also use your phone to do process videos, right? And what is part of presentation nowadays? But showing the process of your art as well. People want to see how you made what you made. That is part of the sales thing is showing people the behind the scenes shots, the stories of how you make things and the ink moving around the paper or the paint going on the canvas. They love that. There's a whole genre of social media and YouTube videos called satisfying. And it's just artists, craftsmen making their stuff, doing their thing in these close up shots of the process. It really is hypnotic. If you haven't seen them yet, you should check them out. So satisfying. So you want to get some process shots. And the best and easiest way to do that is to just have something that is quick and easy to set up because you don't want to have to go in the basement. That's where I work with my big studio. My big studio is set up in the basement and I've got to close all the blinds and the kids have to be asleep. And I've got to set up the digital SLR, and then I've got to turn the lights on, then I've got to do my filming, then I've got to take the card out of the digital SLR, I've got to bring it to the computer, then you've got to put the disc in the little disc reader, and I'm lucky if I can find the disc reader, then you've got to download the photos from the disc or the video from the disc, then you've got to upload it to the internet. This all takes time. I don't have time for all this. So, how do you get process photographs so that your presentation is the best you can be so that you're telling a story around your artwork. So you're connecting with the audience and making them feel like they've been watching this whole process. And now they've got to have that piece of art so that they can remember it up on the wall. Well, you want to create as little friction as possible for you from creation to upload. And that means once again, the ugly, the iPhone. So the good, the bad, and the ugly. Good is a professional rig. But the negatives, the downfalls of a professional lighting setup with a big DSLR, a big digital movable lens camera is that it takes up a lot of room, costs a lot of money, and yeah, those are the two downfalls. Love them though. I've got one set up in the basement. The bad. It's not really bad to use a tripod. But it is it does have a lot of disadvantages. You can get really cheap, cheap. <laughs> you can get really cheap tripods on the internet, and most of them have interchangeable heads. So a tripod will have a screw on the top of it, and then you can take the head on and off. And you can buy these heads that are for iPhones or for digital SLRs or whatever, even tablets. You can buy heads to hold a tablet on your on your tripod. Here's the problem with those is a lot of times they'll say fits an iPhone 7 plus. 
And, you know, that's a pretty large phone. That's what I have is the iPhone 7 Plus. Yeah, I'm a couple versions behind, but that's okay because it works great. Anything above the iPhone 7 Plus and above has like 13 megapixels and the photographs can be enlarged to 13 by 19. So you can get pretty decent photographs. They're perfectly acceptable for social media or the internet. And they're really convenient to use. But if you're like me and you have kids who steal your phone and drop them in the toilet, true story, or other places or bang them up or whatever, then you really got to have a case. I have one of those um, new life cases. I think it's spelled N-U-U-N. Oh, they're the best. Waterproof, drop proof. I've gone through so many cases and so many phones. So a lot of the heads for the phones, they'll say they fit all phones. And they give you some measurements, but they don't take into account cases. So most of the iPhone heads that I've tried do not fit your phone with a case on it. And if you've ever tried taking a case off of a phone just to do a photo shoot, yeah, no, it takes way too long. I need convenience. I need to be able to shoot and upload as fast as possible. So that's why I call them the ugly or the bad, excuse me, we're in the second one, the good, the bad, the ugly. So tripod heads, the other negative, the other downfall or con is that a lot of times these tripod heads, if you have a big digital SLR or a big heavy iPhone plus size, it will be too heavy and it will pull the head over. So the friction of the tripod and the ball where the head and the tripod meet often isn't tight enough or tense enough, and it'll just flop over. I've tried some ones that are like extendy arms, and getting them straight is a real pain. So I just find that the tripods have a lot of downfalls. And then you got to do a lot of editing of your artwork afterwards. So they just haven't been optimum for me. I'd rather pay the 100 to to 1000 bucks for a professional rig. If you watch Amazon, you can actually get an entire studio lighting setup for about $100. They oftentimes have sales. I got a setup for, I think it was $130 at the time. And the setup, you know, was like $9.99 at another point. So watch for those. It really is a good investment. So the good professional lights with soft boxes, you want two soft boxes. That means that it's a light that has a casing around it and the front is white so it diffuses the light nice and evenly and then a boom arm to point straight down that's my favorite way to shoot my art and get the best results so that's your professional rig then we talked about your good bad bad is the tripods it works but if you get a cheap tripod your phone's gonna fall over a lot of different issues i've tried the gorilla pods Those have those little bendy legs. You can wrap them around things. Those are a little bit better than a traditional tripod. So that'll do in a pinch. That'll work, a tripod. But you get some issues with perspective, getting it lined up. You've got to do oftentimes a lot of manipulation. Also the bad, let's talk about bad lighting. Bad lighting is the worst. When you're trying to get good presentation, bad lighting is like, using house lights or using overhead lights. 
household lights, traditional halogens, or lamps that you just point at, say you get an office lamp, are going to create a yellow-orange cast. Then you're going to have to edit all your photos to get that yellow-orange cast out. It's never as bright as it needs to be. You need a lot of light, a lot, I mean a lot of light, to get a really good, sharp, nice image. So, you know, you can jerry-rig it. You can basically get two office lights from, say, the Salvation Army and then go to Lowe's and get two daylight light bulbs and you can jerry-rig it with these two office lamps. You do want to put something in front of them to diffuse the light. You can use a piece of paper. You can use a sheet. You can use a plastic bag over their head. Only problem is, is you got to make sure they don't get too hot and melt the plastic bag. Ooh, that really stinks. Or set the paper on fire. So yeah, be careful there. So that's the bad of lighting. So we've talked about the good, the professional cameras and lighting. That's using a really nice digital SLR with a professional lighting set. The cons of that were that they're big and expensive. Then we talked about the bad, which is a tripod and maybe some lights bought from the Salvation Army. It'll work in a pinch, but eh, you're going to do a lot of editing and waste a lot of time fussing with it and trying to get it to function the way you want. And then we'll talk about now the ugly. Why do I call it the ugly? Because it's not exactly bad. It's ugly. It's jerry-rigged, but you can get decent results and it's cheap and it kind of works. So what do I call the ugly? The ugly is the iPhone and some ring light. A ring light, they sell these little ring lights now on Amazon. You can get a really big one that's about a foot across that mounts up on a tripod and holds your iPhone in the middle. They use those for those um, makeup tutorials. You've seen these makeup tutorials online. I like the ones where they do the half face and they kind of look like Frankenstein. One face is the the good. Ooh, this is the way you should do your makeup. And the other side is the bad. Ooh, don't do your makeup like this. Those are pretty funny. They use those for that, but you can get a miniature version. They're about four inches across and they're like a clip. You just, they're like a clothesline pin or, you know, you just squeeze them. They open and they fit right over the top of your phone and the camera goes through a hole. There's like a cutout in the clip part and the camera goes through there. And they just are attached to your phone and they have three settings of light. They're, they're brilliant. And they're like $5. So you can get a little ring light on Amazon and you can put it on your phone, put your piece of artwork on the floor, turn the ring light on at its highest setting and turn your phone on to its highest setting. Oh, wait, no. Camera phones don't have settings. Ha! So, yeah, you want to use the ugly. You want to create as little friction as possible between you and getting your artwork out. You want to create the best presentation possible, which means process videos. It means sharp images, well-lit images, diffuse the lighting that just, you know, softens and goes across the whole picture with no highlights, no glare. You want great presentation. And the best way to do that is, I think, to use your ugly setup. <laughs> so I use both. I've got the phone with the ring 
um, holders on the back and the bottom right and the bottom left. And then I've got my professional studio down in the basement for when I get some time, when the kids are at school, where I can do more detailed videos for my online course. If you're interested in that, by the way, the Artist Appeals is going to be offering the online course in the seven-step system at theartistappeals.com where all of this information that I've accumulated from 12 plus years of teaching college and dozens of interviews with industry experts is going to be compiled and made into an amazing curriculum that you guys are going to be like, whoa, this is so comprehensive. There's nothing else like it on the market. And that's going to run for steeply discounted price here coming up real soon in early September on theartistappeals.com. So definitely check that out. Don't forget, I mentioned that you can get a handout of all of these photographing your artwork, even if you don't have a digital SLR or expensive fancy lighting equipment, as a handout on theartistappeals.com. And I go over and list out every one of these things that I've talked about, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I give you some options. So yeah, I want to thank you for listening about presentation. Oh, and I have one more tip, one more trick. When you're taking a portfolio, if you're going the traditional route, right, and you're taking a portfolio to a gallery or to a boutique or someplace like that, you want to have a presentation set up for your product, whatever you're showing them. If it's two-dimensional paintings or drawings that are in a portfolio, you can go to the antique store and get yourself a pair of white gloves. Why do I say the antique store? Because they had smaller hands and I have really small hands. So I found some gorgeous ladies' white cotton gloves. They're all over the place at the antique stores around here. Or you can order them off the internet and they sell them for photographers. Wear your white gloves when you're handling your photographs or your oil paintings or your original artwork. Because this is actually practical. You don't want to get the oils from your hands onto your original artwork. The oils from your hands will degrade original artwork. So if they ask, tell them that. Show them that you really care about your artwork by treating it with care, with reverence, right? No folded edges, no wrinkles, no a really nice presentation. So if you're going the traditional route, get yourself a gorgeous, a gorgeous portfolio. You can get um, really nice leather portfolios with sleeves in them for standard eight and a half by 11 paper at Barnes and Nobles. They've got a section. I've collected a lot of them. I'm totally obsessed with portfolios. You can also buy them online. You can get big ones, 13 by 19s by 13 by 19 photographs. Those are online. You can get them at B&H or Amazon. Those are great options. Now, if you're going to a boutique store and you have prints or you have a product to show them, you want to make sure that those are presented very nicely too. So your prints should be in an acetate sleeve with maybe a backer board. And here's the important part, a write-up about the story or about the process or about you and where the buyer can get more of your stuff included. So on the back. Because people flip the artwork over and they like to see what's on the back and read the story. And that'll keep them involved longer and create more of a personal connection. If you've got a product product, say like Ashley Monet from Sir DeBell, 
That was one of our previous podcast episodes. She's a great, amazing woman and one of my alumni. Very proud. Uh, She started a business where she makes artisan lip balms. So these lip balms are made from locally sourced beeswax. And then she infuses the beeswax with flavors and aromas and the taste of local coffery. Coffery. Is that a word? That should be a word. Coffee shops. So coffee roasters. So she's got one that's coffee, toffee flavored. Oh, I can't even remember. It's just so yummy. She does it with um, local wineries. So she's got one that's like sangria flavored. One of her most recent that is so good is a toffee walnut whiskey infused lip balm. Seriously, you don't even want to like wear these things. You just want to lick them. They're so good. But one of the things she discovered was that she needed to make a box for people to the the buyer. She sells them wholesale to the wineries, coffee roasteries, distilleries, whatever. She custom labels them so they have their logo on them. And then she makes a beautiful presentation that they can put right next to the cash register. So if you're talking about a product that is, say, $20 and less, you want it to be close to the checkout because that's what you call an impulse buy. So the presentation of the impulse buys has to be nice, has to be, in her case, it has to be raised up a little bit and waterproof because a lot of these wineries are doing tastings and they would get spills and whatever. So she's got this beautiful little box with these that's fit perfectly to the lip balms. They're all lined up and it looks very professional. Has a little backdrop, you know, you flip the lid up and it's got her logo and so forth and so on. So if you're doing a product, make sure that your presentation includes the point of retail sale presentation. So how is it going to be displayed in the boutique? Is it got a little box? Is it got a little label on a beautiful string? Does it have the price on it, some information about you and the process? People want to know that stuff. Maybe it has a write-up about the symbolism of the piece in Native American or Asian culture, like my totem poppets do. I've seen nature jewelry that tells what type of um, flower or herb the design is made of. You know, those bracelets, the semi-precious stone bracelets right now are very popular. And the people that are doing best with them include a write-up about the symbolism of the stone and what emotional or what it's supposed to give you, what it's supposed to bring you. It's almost like a little talisman or a or um, fortune cookie, you know, they give you a little write-up. And that appeals to people. So it's all about the presentation. Presentation is one of the most overlooked things in creating and selling artwork, but it's probably one of the most important. So there you have it. Some tips and tricks for presenting products, as well as the good, the bad, and the ugly for photographing your artwork, even if you don't have a digital SLR or a fancy lighting setup. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Artist Appeals, and I'll see you on the flip side. Are you a teacher or a homeschooler or a crafter? 
Perhaps you have kids that you like to share your love of nature with and explore the outdoors and have adventures with. Perhaps you like to go out and find bugs and frogs and turtles and snakes and birds' nests. Now you can bring that adventure inside and extend your adventure with your kids or your crafts with a craft project. Check out iConnect Crafts. That's E-Y-E, as in an eyeball, connectcrafts.com, where you can find over 70 different animals, all designed by yours truly, called the Totem Poppets. The totem poppets are fun, movable animals. You can paint them, you can stamp them, you can zentangle them. They can take anything you can throw at them, from crayons to watercolors. They're movable. Everyone has joints. You put them together with mini brads. We have six different colors of mini brads. You can choose blues, purples, greens, golds, silvers, whites, whatever you like, and you assemble them and then you can play with them. Stick them on a chopstick, make a play, put them in an art journal, a scrapbook, a greeting card, use them in a project for school. So check them out at iConnectCrafts.com. Well, that's it for the Artist Appeals. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed recording it. I just love talking with all these artists and business people. It's phenomenal and I've learned so much. I hope you've learned something too. You can get more information. You can check out some of the links that we talked about in these podcasts at theartistappeals.com. That's theartistappeals.com. Thanks and have a good one.